Andrews. Start jump. Andrews! It's time for the fastest hour of radio. Southern Race Week with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome to this podcast edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here on your favorite podcast location, whether it's iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. We greatly appreciate you taking the time to download, listen in, and subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. My name is Alfie, and I'll be joining you here for this brand new week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And before we get to our racing recap, as we take a look at all the action in the world of racing this past weekend, uh, I want to let you know that you have an opportunity to win yourself a trip to Charlotte Motor Speedway to check out the Roval Race that will be coming up on Sunday, October 8th from Charlotte Motor Speedway. And all you got to do to win those tickets is head on over to our Facebook page. Just look for the post that has the Roval logo on it and make sure you like our page and also like and share the post and you'll be entered in to win a pair of tickets to the Roval Race. Once again, that'll be on Sunday, October 8th at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And our very own WB will pick six winners. That's right, six winners. And he'll choose those winners on Monday afternoon, October 2nd at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on our Facebook Live page. So once again, head on over to the Southern Race Week Radio Facebook page for all the details and information. Once again, that is facebook.com slash southernraceweek. And don't forget about our Twitter page as well, where you can follow us at SRW Radio. So we're very honored and privileged to thank uh, Greg Walter and the entire staff there at Charlotte Motor Speedway for providing for us uh, those tickets to give away to six different winners. And once again, WB will pick those winners on Monday afternoon, October 2nd at 12 p.m. Eastern Time via our Facebook Live feed. So then just sit back and relax and enjoy this great podcast edition of Southern Race Week Radio. We've got some great guests that will be joining us here. In just a matter of moments, we will hear from the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Texas Motor Speedway, Mark Faber, as he'll preview all the action coming up this weekend at Texas Motor Speedway. We'll also hear from Ted Austin of the Atlanta Motor Speedway with the latest in short track news. And then also the one of the pre-race hosts of eNASCAR's Coca-Cola iRacing Series, Alan Kavana, will also join us to preview the championship race coming up from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. So we'll talk to those great guests joining us this week here on Southern Rakeley's Radio podcasts but as we do every single week at around this time we bring you the latest in racing news from this past weekend as we have your racing recap as both nascar and the nhra series were both in action this past weekend we'll start with all the action from bristol motor speedway in the trucks xfinity and cup series who are all in the middle of their playoff runs right now first we take a look at the excitement and action from the truck series and after stealing a victory at kansas speedway christian eckes got his pocket picked by Corey hine on this past thursday Thursday night at Bristol Motor Speedway on lap 195 of 200 of the UNAOH 200 presented by Ohio Logistics. Hine forced his way beneath Eckes' number 19 Chevrolet with the lap truck of Eckes' Tricom Garage teammate Tanner Gray to the outside, took the lead and claimed the victory by .218 seconds over his disappointed rival. With his third NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series victory of the season, his first at Bristol and his fifth of his career, Hine, the regular season champion, moved one step closer to another possible title. 
The win propelled him into the championship four race, which is scheduled for number third at Phoenix Raceway. Christian Eckes, as we mentioned, was your runner-up. Grant Enfinger finishing third. Carson Hosever in fourth. And Taylor Gray rounds out the top five. And taking a look at the current point standings right now in the Truck Series, Corey Hine is your number one ranked driver, advancing to the championship four with his win at Bristol. Christian Eckes is number two. Carson Hosever in the third position. Grant Enfinger is fourth. And then these fourth drivers are on the outside looking in. Zane Smith is fifth. Ben Rhodes, sixth. Nick Sanchez in seventh. And Ty Majeski rounding out the top eight. And the Craftsman Truck Series will be back in action for the playoffs Saturday, September 30th from the Talladega Super Speedway for the Love's RV Stop 250. Once again, that'll be on Saturday, September 30th. Over to the Xfinity Series. On an ambient night for Junior Motorsports, Justin Allgaier took advantage of a brilliant strategic call to win this past Friday night's Food City 300 at Bristol Motor Speedway, the first event in the 2023 NASCAR Xfinity Series playoffs. Charging from 13th after the restart on lap 257 of 300, Allgaier passed Daniel Hemrick for the lead on lap 288 and pulled away to win by 1.695 seconds, securing a spot in the round of eight of the playoffs. Allgaier also broke news in victory lane, announcing off the cuff that he had resigned for another season with Junior Motorsports. That was the good news. In a rare appearance as a driver, team owner Dale Earnhardt Jr. led 47 laps before pulling off the track on lap 271 with a fireball in his car, looking at his fire suit. Earnhardt made a quick exit and finished 30th. Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the media center after the race described the situation with the fire in his car. I had them boys racing for the lead right in front of me and I looked down at the leg brace and it was on fire and I felt it stinging my leg and so I thought well I can't keep going so if I'd have kept going I think it'd have burnt me really bad I don't know if it would went out but I wasn't wanting to take that risk. Daniel Hemrick was your runner-up driver John Hunter Nemechek finishing third Cole Custer in fourth and Chandler Smith rounding out the top five. With the victory, Justin Allgaier moves on to the next round, and he's your number one ranked driver. John Hunter Nemechek is second. Cole Custer in third. Austin Hill is fourth. Chandler Smith is fifth. Daniel Hemrick is sixth. Sammy Smith in seventh. Sheldon Creed is eighth. And then these are the four drivers that are on the outside looking in on the bubble. That's Jeb Burton in the ninth. Sam Mayer is tenth. Parker Klingerman is eleventh. And Josh Berry rounding out the top twelve. The next race for the Xfinity Series will be coming up on Saturday, September 23rd from Texas Motor Speedway for the Andes Frozen Custard 300. The green flag will drop at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch the race on the USA Network. Radio coverage provided by the Performance Racing Network, which can also be heard on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. Over to the Cup Series action, Denny Hamlin landed a knockout punch in the Bass Pro Shops night race at Bristol Motor Speedway. NASCAR's Cup Series regular season champion Martin Truex Jr. survived to fight another round. Bubba Wallace rescued himself from the brink of playoff elimination and advanced to the round of 12 by 4 points. Kevin Harvick, winner of the first elimination playoff in 2014, won't be around to fight for the title in his final season of Cup Racing. He joins defending champion Joey Logano on the outside looking in for the final seven playoff races. Despite a strong run on Saturday night, Michael McDowell didn't get the win he needed to advance, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. likewise fell by the wayside in a car that couldn't compete for a top-five position. Taking the lead off pit road on lap 366 of 500, Hamlin beat Kyle Larson to the finish line by 2.462 seconds. 
Hamlin led the final 135 laps in number 11 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota, 142 overall and second only to the 187 circuits led by pole winner and third place finisher Christopher Bell. Here's what Denny Hamlin had to say in the post-race press conference about the boos that he received following the race. They think they bother me, but clearly it's having an opposite effect. So I welcome any fan to want to come to the dark side. Um, I, you know, it's the, all five of my fans are still out there chanting my name. They're over in turn three right now. But yeah, it's uh, as Cat Williams said, a, a hater can't stand a winner. Led by Hamlin, all five playoff Toyota drivers advanced to the next round. Kyle Larson was your runner-up this past Saturday night. Christopher Bell finishing third. Chris Buescher in fourth. And Ty Gibbs rounding out the top five. And taking a look at the 12 drivers that are now advancing themselves to the round of 12, which kicks off this weekend with the first race at Texas Motor Speedway. William Byron is your number one ranked driver. Martin Truex Jr. is second. Denny Hamlin in third. Kyle Larson is fourth. Chris Buescher is fifth. Kyle Busch is sixth. Christopher Bell is seventh. Tyler Reddick is eighth. Ross Chastain ninth. Brad Keselowski in tenth. Ryan Blaney is 11th, and Bubba Wallace rounding out the top 12. Coming up this week in the NASCAR playoffs, it'll be race number one of the round of 12 in the playoffs, as the Cup Series will be at Texas Motor Speedway for the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 400. That'll be on Sunday afternoon, September 24th. The green flag will drop at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch the race on the USA Network. Radio coverage provided by the Performance Racing Network, which will also be heard on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. Over to the NHRA Finals, they had to finish their accident on Monday due to weather as Top Fuel's Doug Coletta picked up his milestone 50th career win on Monday at Maple Grove Raceway, earning his first victory in nearly three years after driving past Steve Torrance in the final round of the 38th annual Pet Boys NHRA Nationals, the first race in the NHRA countdown to the championship playoffs. Robert Hyden in the funny car, Matt Harford in Pro Stock, and Matt Smith in the Pro Stock motorcycle also won the 16th of 21 races during the 2023 NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series season, and the first of six events in the countdown to the championship playoffs. The points lead changed hands in every class this weekend, as well with three of the four winners taking over the top spot. And to take a look at the current standings right now in the NHRA Series, just head on over to NHRA. As far as the NHRA series, they'll be back in action this weekend for the Betway NHRA Carolina Nationals from ZMAX Dragway. That'll be coming up September 22nd through the 24th. Just head on over to NHRA.com to check out the times and networks that they'll be airing these races. And that is your racing recap this week on the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast. I'm Jacqueline Drake, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. As we continue on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast. And the NASCAR playoffs are underway right now, and one of the many stops for the playoffs for the Cup Series will be coming up at Texas Motor Speedway. September 23rd and the 24th for the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 400 race a weekend. And to get us all previewed and let us know what's going to be going on for the weekend as NASCAR Nation will descend upon Texas Motor Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, let's, look, let's welcome in via the Food Depot Zoom line, the main man in charge of everything that goes on there at Texas Motor Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Mark Faber! 
Mr. Faber. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. You're a great friend of the show. You've been on a handful of times, and we always appreciate it. Well, you can take some time to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully, you're having a great day today, my friend. Thank you, Alfred, for the invitation. Of course, that warm, exuberant introduction there. I tell you what, I don't think anybody does it better than you. So, well done, my friend. Well, as we always say here, when we have a big deal guest on, we always got to give them a big deal introduction. You know, I've had the opportunity and the pleasure to, to visit Texas Motor Speedway a few years ago uh, during the last all-star race you had there at the track. But maybe for some of our listeners who have never been uh, to Texas Motor Speedway, tell us a little bit about the track. And one of the many great features of the track is the surrounding areas. Well, you're right, Alfred. And, you know, Texas Motor Speedway launched in 1997. And there really wasn't a lot of development out here. And if you look at just the past couple of years, it has really grown, not only from a retail standpoint and a business standpoint, but from a community and housing standpoint. And so we're excited to be a part of the community out here. There's plenty of things for fans to do when they're not on our 1,500-acre campus and footprint to go across the street, whether they want to go to restaurants, they want to shop. Um, and we're nearby. I mean, look, we're at the crossroads of, of Interstate 35 and 114. And another great feature at Texas Motor Speedway that you guys have just uh, done a lot of expansion. You've done a lot of work around the track to kind of make it uh, a much more fan-friendly atmosphere. Uh, maybe for someone who hasn't been in Texas in a few years to the Motor Speedway, tell us about some of the accommodations, some of the upgrades and changes you've done for the track that maybe someone who hasn't been to the track in a couple of years might walk in and go, wow, this is all new to me and different. We have done uh, quite a few as a part of our No Limits Next campaign, Alfred. And so over the past few years, we have the world's largest bar drink rail in the grandstands that goes from turn four to turn one, the length of 10 football fields. So if you just want to literally belly up to the bar out in the grandstands, you can stand there, you can watch the action. No sight lines are impeded by anybody because we get that question. And it is great. Then as a part of that, Marcus Smith and our CEO and the Smith family did a development with the stands themselves where we have expanded leg room. And as you know, NASCAR is really fan friendly. And of course, that goes back to Bruton Smith, our founder. You know, we do it for the fans, but we increase leg room in the grandstands. So let's say you're coming in with your family. You can come in, you have free parking. You get to bring your cooler in. You can come into the grandstands. You literally have leg room you can spread out in. You can put your cooler there. And you really have kind of a pleasing environment to watch a race out here because you don't have to worry about being constricted or, you know, bumping up against other people. And then if you want to go up to our new bars, the Smith family built three uh, massive bars on the concourse, a total of 7,000 square feet that we actually opened a year ago uh, next week, as a matter of fact. Uh, prior to our last race weekend that we had here, our last Xfinity and Cup. And you can belly up to the bar. These are fantastic bars too, Alfred. Belly up to the bar. And then we took out seating so that you have a sight line directly out to the track and the speedway. So you can stand at the bars, not mess any of the live action out there. Certainly there are TVs there, but you can watch the live action out there on the speedway. And it's really phenomenal and then what we're really, as we talk right now, putting the finishing touches on, is transforming Big Hoss TV to Bigger Hoss TV. Everything's bigger in Texas. 
So big hoss will become bigger hoss. It'll be bigger, brighter, better resolution, thousands more pixels. And so uh, we literally are putting the final panels on that as we speak. We'll start testing here. It'll be ready for our race, week, race weekend next week, which is great because think about that. If you're a fan, you're belling up to the bar, you're watching the race, and then you can look on our bright new high res uh, bigger hoss and watch the action up there. I mean, it's a total fan experience. Man, you almost make me wish I could bring my Nintendo, my old school Nintendo, and plug it in so I could watch, like so I play Super Mario Brothers on this massive big Haas TV you guys got going on. So maybe the next time I come to the track, I'll have to bring my Nintendo with me and I'll have to challenge some of your employees to some uh, Super Mario Brothers or something like that, sir. I, hey, I tell you what, you're on to something <laughs> because, because. We could. We need to figure out a way to do a gaming competition with you and your Nintendo friends, and come out here, because you know it, we've done it here in the past, and we'll do it in the future. I mean, you could have movie night out here, for example, right? I mean, we've done it before, but you could have movie night. But why can't we have Alfred and Nintendo night here at Texas Motor Speedway up on Bigger Hoss? Well, I'll tell you right now, sir, if you have Back to the Future or Days of Thunder on your big, uh, big Haas for movie night, you let me know. And I'm definitely will be uh, in attendance for no doubt about it. Uh, speaking with executive vice president and general manager of Texas Motor Speedway, Mark Faber, on this week's of, uh, edition of Southern Race Week Radio. So let's look at race weekend, sir, because as I'm heading on over to, uh, to your website here, which is Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, dot com and you look at the upcoming events it, you got so much thing going on that weekend obviously you've got the xfinity series playoff race the andy's frozen custard 300 and then you have the uh, the cup series playoff race the auto trader echo park automotive 400 on september 24th but something i noticed in the upcoming events you have the micro mania at what you call the little uh, texas motor speedway that'll be september 21st through the 23rd and that's going to be a huge event as well because we have a lot of drivers who you might see in the cup series race racing during that event in fact you brexton uh, bush will also be participating in that event so tell us a bit about uh we already know how exciting the xfinity and cup series playoff races are going to be but maybe some of those fans who want to come in a couple of days early or who might be camping out early during that week tell us a little bit about that micromania event yeah we're really excited about that alfred thanks for asking about that that's the second year that we've done this it's the power eye micromania this year partnering with them on this and it's you know our little texas as you say little texas motor speedway is a, a fifth mile dirt track and you brought up brexton bush this is a great opportunity for fans to come out and see the future stars of nascar and as you know how that works out is they'll start at smaller tracks, go-kart tracks, whatever. And then we get them as they go up here for the sprint car racers and they continue to climb up through that. So we're excited to have Brexton and some other drivers come out here for that. And really it's kind of a launch for fans to come out here, but we have a lot of campers that will come in earlier before the 23rd and the 24th. So this is great for them. They like to come out here. It's a nice casual environment. And so we're excited to feature that. And we're going to continue to do that every year. 
And one of the things about uh, going to a NASCAR event, especially in, at the tracks that are represented by MSI, obviously our home track here for Southern Race Week Radio is Atlanta Motor Speedway, is the affordability of bringing a family out to the event. As you mentioned, tickets are affordable. You can bring your own, uh, you know, your own bag in with your own beverages, food, things of that nature as, as well. You mentioned parking is free. That is such a great bargain compared to going to an NFL event, Major League Baseball event, where you can spend just up to 50 or $60 just for parking uh, your car and going to the event on top of the tickets and the concessions and everything you got to pay there. So, I mean, that's one of the benefits of going to an event, especially at Texas Motor Speedway, is the affordability to bring your entire family. You know, and you're right. That's a NASCAR theme, as you know, as well as the Smith family theme about what we do for the fans. And look, the economy right now has some inflationary measures going on and some inflationary issues, you know, price pressure on families as you just go through your normal day in and day out living is getting increasingly more difficult for some some people. And so what we want to make sure is, is that when you come here, you have options. And so if you're coming Saturday as a family and you have children that are 12 or under, they get in free. And so that's awesome. And then if you're coming Sunday, those same children get in for $10. So you can get in, depending on what price point of ticket you purchase, the affordability here is great. And you're right, parking is free. If you want to have a little more premium parking, you have an option to purchase that, but you don't have to. You come out here, and our concession partner at Levy will work on pricing here for fans. We have a grab-and-go convenience store here that we launched last year that I did mention earlier that is uh, sponsored by our friends at Allsup's that we really rolled out last spring um, prior to our races, our truck and IndyCar. But that's a really cool environment as well. You go in there, it's priced well. You can grab a drink, you can grab whatever, you can get in and out. And we want to make sure that fans come out here and that they look at pricing um, and they don't think, oh my gosh, it's so expensive to buy tickets. I don't want to go, right? I mean, Daniel Suarez is a fan favorite, you know, so we've launched, you know, he's number 99. So we have the Grupo 99 special ticket offer, purchase two tickets for $99. I mean, so we give all sorts of options to our fans to come out here and we want to give them a reason to come out here as opposed to an excuse not to come out here. And so we have a lot of fun things to do, plus affordable pricing. And of course, if you don't want to get yourself a hotel room, there's plenty of great camping spots available as well to set up your camps, bring your motor homes, and enjoy a great weekend. But you better get on that quickly because tickets and campground sites are going to be selling like hotcakes, especially as we get closer to this race event. And for information to purchase your tickets, head on over to TexasMotorSpeedway.com or call 817-215-8500. That's 817-215-8500. And, of course, the weekend kicks off there on September 21st through the 23rd for the Mania at Little Texas Motor Speedway, and then the 23rd and the 24th with the Xfinity Series and Cup Series playoff races, the Andes Frozen Custard 300, and the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 400, all at the beautiful, beautiful Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, Mr. Faber, as always, we appreciate your time joining us here on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. Good luck to you and your staff as you welcome NASCAR Nation for some great playoff racing and looking forward to catching back up with you down the road, my friend. 
Sounds great, Alfred. You just come on out here anytime you want. We'd love to entertain you. Hey, everybody. This is Chris King, driver of the Howard's Cams Competition Products NHRA Nitro Funny Car, and you're listening to Southern Race Week Radio. Hi, race fans. Welcome back to this edition of Southern Race Week, your favorite uh, radio station and podcast location to get all your racing news you can use in uh, just a little short 60 minutes. I got Ted Alstead on the old Food Depot hotline here. Ted, live from Atlanta Motor speedway with nothing to do but talk to me ted welcome to the program sir well thanks good to be back good to well, be back i joke about you not having plenty of things to do bro uh um, atlanta motor speedway is busier than i'll get out as always uh people think it's just two races a year but you've got your hands full all the time let's run down some short track recaps real quick of what happened and the results of all the racing action well, probably the biggest story in short track racing last weekend was uh, up at Eldora. Hudson O'Neill won the dirt late models, probably biggest race of the year, the World 100 at Eldora Speedway up in Ohio, Tony Stewart's show place. O'Neill uh, passed George's Superman, Jonathan Davenport, with only eight laps remaining to pick up the victory, and it's $56,000 winner's cut. So not one of the most uh, highest purses, but definitely one of the most prestigious uh, victories a driver could have. Davenport did hang on for second ahead of another Georgia driver, uh, Dale McDowell out of uh, North Georgia. The Crown Jewel event uh, for Dirt Super Late Models drew 102 competitors. 23 states were represented along with three Canadian provinces. They have preliminary races all week leading up to it. Um, O'Neill won a couple of those races. Uh, McDowell won one of those races. And then the other ones were won by Bobby Pierce and Brian Shirley out of South Carolina. So uh, a good weekend of dirt racing up at Eldora. Uh, also, this past weekend, it was time to say goodbye to a Midwest staple, Rockford Speedway up near Chicago. 76 years they have operated there at wow. that location just north of Rockford, Illinois. Last Saturday was their final championship night. Uh, it's been run by the Deary family since the 60s. Um, three auto racing promoters of the year in that family, a family of nine, eight boys and one girl. How would you like to bet the one gal? Um, but they have always been a entertaining facility promoting family promoting fun uh with uh, motorsports being the basis of that and they have been one of the most successful short tracks in the history of auto racing uh nascar recognizes them nascar has recognized their family they've been a part of the nascar weekly series since its inception um the patriarch of the family hugh deary um, bought the track, like I said, with his wife, Jody, back in the 60s. Both of them have won Auto Racing Promoters of the Year. Um, Hugh was part of the forming of the Auto Racing Promoters uh, Workshop, as well as the promoter uh, um, the, the newsletter, RPM, Racing Promoters Monthly. Um, so hard to say goodbye to Rockford Speedway. They do have a couple more events left, the final Short track nationals will take place next weekend, and the next month will be the very final race at Rockford Speedway after 76 years. Their night of thrills, which is already sold out. But tough to see a speedway like that go away. But again, progress and uh, community growth 
uh, takes another speedway away from us. If y'all were just joining us here on the uh, Southern Race Week, uh, we've got none other than uh, Ted Allstead on the old Food Depot Highline here live from Atlanta Motor Speedway. You know, Ted, progress has always been the force that makes racetracks uh, sometimes dissolve. Like, you know, Hartsfield International. I mean, you know, that took away the original uh, racetrack yeah. in, in the Atlanta area and um, just so that a couple million people a day could fly into to Atlanta. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> Think what could have been, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Think what could have been. Think what could have been. I mean, look at, look at all the other great tracks that, that were in Atlanta. I mean, the Peach Bowl was – Yeah. Cool. I mean, think about where that's located, where that was located, and what's there now. And the same thing with Seven Flags out in Douglasville. And, yep. and you know, uh, um, the – uh, the the big track and now the name gets away from me, but I can see the grandstand. So Lakewood, Lakewood Speedway. Yep. Um, you can still see the grandstand sitting there, and, yep. and look at the history that Lakewood had for years. And I mean, that was you know forty years ago, and now it's uh, a movie studio. Yep. So it, it's hard to it's hard to think it's hard to stop progress. Um, and it's hard to see some of these great facilities disappear and become memories. So, well, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of crazy. I do want to talk about the Legends program, but uh, it, it just let's let's kick it off and let's just talk about the Legends program because I know it's uh, ended and but yet still going on in other places. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Legends and Bandoleros, uh, as, as the last couple of weeks of national points, state points and everything, is here at the end of September. So everybody's kind of scrambling to get their position and, and, the, and their notoriety and their, their, their championship aspirations and everything. But this last weekend is that proved to help out here at Atlanta Motor Speedway as uh, the boys in the events department held a triple header, um, three races, three, three, three races. Part of it was because of all the rain outs this past summer, but the drivers from all over had an opportunity to come in and get three feature races under their belts to go towards those uh, Georgia uh, state points as well as the national points. And they had almost 100 cars, eight states were represented. That's what I mean by people coming in from all over to try and get those points and everything. Wow. Several different winners throughout the day. Uh, only clean sweep that uh, was last Saturday was in the pro division, I ran, ironically, but uh, local favorite Donovan Strauss clean swept the day for the pro division and of course that's going to help him a bunch as uh, as he pushes to take home a national points title the plethora of different events and the diversity of different events that that we host out here continues to reign true uh, for next year as tickets went on sale this past monday for monster jam 2024 it'll be on april 12th and 13th 2024 right here at atlanta motor speedway gravedigger max destruction uh, megadon all of the world's most famous and well-known monster trucks will be here again. And what's unique to the the event here at Atlanta Motor Speedway, unlike what it was up at the old Georgia Dome and unlike last weekend when it was at the Gwinnett Center, is this is the largest arena that the monster trucks will compete on uh, here next April. It was the largest one they had this year. And the, the air time that these trucks got this past April was unbelievable. I mean, it was the, the trucks are literally as high as the mezzanine concourse level. And if you've never been here at Atlanta Moore Speedway, that's up in the air. Well, if y'all just joined us here, we're about to wrap this uh, segment up about short track racing news and all the things you can do. Next weekend, East Alabama Motor Speedway starts the big specials here for the Southeast. They'll be the first one on the docket for all of these great events that take place in the fall months. The Alabama State Championships with 10-plus divisions of dirt racing. 
dirt late models, super late models, crate late models, 602 sportsman late models, everything on down to mini stocks and, and uh, uh, front-wheel drive cars. It'll take place on September 22, 23, and 24 at the 3.8 Mile Speed Plant just outside of Phoenix City, Alabama. So a lot of good fun coming up here in the next few weeks. Hey, it's Jerry Caldwell, General Manager of Bristol Motor Speedway, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southfield. We continue on this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And even though NASCAR is in the middle of their playoffs for both trucks, Xfinity, and the Cubs series, we can't forget about the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series as they get the set to crown themselves a champion coming up at the NASCAR Hall of Fame on September 26th at 9 p.m. Eastern time will be when the green flag will drop and pre-race coverage will begin at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And one of the men who take care of all the action going on and also brings us pre-race coverage of that series, ladies and gentlemen, he's joining us via the Food Depot Zoom line. He is all over the place. You can see him on NASCAR.com. Also fills in sometimes on Series XM NASCAR Channel 90. This guy does it all. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Alan Cavana. Wonderful, as always, Alfie. <laughs> Wonderful, as always. Mr. Kavana, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Sir, you're a great friend of the show. We always appreciate it when you take some time to join us. And normally when we have you on the program, we talk a little bit about NASCAR. But this week, a little bit of change in direction. We have you on the program to discuss the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series, which you are a part of the crew. You do a lot of the pre-race for the uh, series. We'll come to a conclusion on September 26th from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. That'll be a Tuesday evening, 9 o'clock Eastern, as I mentioned. Pre-race coverage beginning at 8.30 Eastern from the virtual Homestead Miami Speedway. And you guys had action earlier this week at the virtual Phoenix to lock in your four championship drivers. The way you do the playoffs is very similar to what they do in the NASCAR trucks, Xfinity, and the uh, Cup Series. So can, you, can you explain that to our listeners? Uh, correct. Just like they do in NASCAR, it's basically in the E-NASCAR series, it was a field of 10 that gets whittled down to four. So four drivers go to the championship race. That's going to be a virtual homestead live at the NASCAR Hall of Fame in front of a huge crowd. But that 10 that made the playoffs got uh, whittled down to four, three winners and one in on points. And that's what we saw this week earlier where they had virtual Phoenix. Tucker Minter, a great young rookie driver in the series, got the victory. And Steven Wilson. He was in the final four last year, the championship four last year, going for the $100,000, probably had the best shot at it last year and had a pit road mistake late in the race. So he is the only one of last year's championship four returning to this year's championship four. So he is looking for some redemption there. And let me ask you, uh, Alan, with him already having this experience under the bright lights, the NASCAR Hall of Fame, as you mentioned, the only driver who's already been in the championship four last year, does that give him a little bit of an advantage already kind of dealing with the pressure and the lights of being at the NASCAR Hall of Fame to to win that $100,000 prize? Uh, I think it absolutely does, only because, look, this is sim racing. It is done on your sim rig at home, which means you can set it up. There there are various different kinds from, you know, you could have a sim rig from $40 to $40,000. It's very personal for everybody, how they set them up with the different monitors, what have you. You feel comfortable in your home setting, essentially. That's what I'm trying to say. What they do for the championship races, they move 
these sim rigs, your setup to a live setup at the hall at the NASCAR hall of fame. So it's completely different. And there's a large audience. Hundreds of people will be there cheering them on, watching them live. This is unlike anything they do all year. So the fact that Steven Wilson has this experience, he races for Stuart Haas racing, their esports leg of the, of their sport. I mean, of their company, he races. So they'll have all the resources of Stuart Haas racing there as well, but to do it live in front of an audience, that is a leg up. The fact that he did it last year. And, um, you know, not a lot of people were familiar with iRacing until the pandemic, because that was basically when it really kind of shed itself out to the public, because during that time, everything was shut down. And the only thing that was going on that was live were Cup Series drivers and other drivers, veterans who participated in iRacing when they did the celebrity kind of iRacing series um, during the pandemic. Do you think that really propelled the Coca-Cola iRacing series to now more people, because I'm going to be honest, I watch it a lot more now because I discovered it during the pandemic. Absolutely. And I, I'm in the same boat as you, Alfie. I did not know as much about it as I do now. I certainly didn't appreciate it the way I do now in terms of the talent level. What we have to respect is, yes, it's a different discipline. These aren't real race cars, but it is real racing. And these drivers that compete every year, they are the 40 best in the world at what they do in this discipline of racing. That needs to be respected. That's something, look, I admittedly, I have to, I had to learn as well and, and to realize how good these drivers are. And I learned that by asking the Cup Series drivers, the William Byrons of the world, the Raj Karuthas of, of the world, the other drivers who have been so involved also in iRacing and they're getting their butts whipped by these professional sim racers and to appreciate how good they are. This is the top of the top when it comes to stock car sim racing on the iRacing platform. So to, to learn how good they were, it's really given me a new appreciation. And that came when I saw that happening with the pandemic, because we saw some of the best Cup Series racers in the world really struggling with sim racing. So it's its own discipline. It's its own art, but it comes with its own skill level as well. Speaking with one of the pre-race hosts of the NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series, Alec Havana, on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. And as I'm looking through some of the teams, because I'm kind of going through the same thing you are, learning some of the teams, some of the drivers, but you see a lot of Cup Series teams like 2311 Racing, Junior Motorsports, RFK Racing, but then also you got drivers who have their own iRacing teams as well. I think it's a, it, what do you take on that as far as some of these drivers who have teams as well? Well, I think we're seeing more and more as time passes, Alfie. It's so cool to see uh, it's going both ways in terms of the benefit of uh, an affiliation for a sim team to have an affiliation with a real world team and all the benefits that come along with that. But especially in the cup series, if you talk to drivers like Tyler Reddick, if you talk to drivers like William Byron, the fact that they have their sim racers now helping them with setups for Sunday, this is absolutely happening. I interviewed Tyler Reddick right after he won at Coda and without being prompted, he mentioned to me how Keegan Leahy now fully employed by 2311 racing at the race shop as a professional sim racer inside their shop, helping them with setups, helping them get around Coda and figure out ways to do things better with using the sim skills that they have. William Byron as well. He has his own e-racing team, William Byron Esports. His driver, Nick Ottinger, is one of the drivers going for the $100,000 at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. He says in the middle of him trying to win the $100,000, William Byron is texting Nick Ottinger for setups that he could potentially use at Bristol on the sim, at Darlington on the sim, while William Byron's trying to win a cup championship. So the further we go into this, 
this, the, the more uh, that relationship is symbiotic, where Cup Series teams are relying on sim racing and sim racers now more than ever. And it's so cool to see. So uh, once again, the finals will be taking place from the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Uh, that'll be at the virtual Homestead Miami Speedway. That'll be on Tuesday night, September 26th. The green flag will drop at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And you can join Alan and the rest of the pre-race crew as they'll get you set for the green beginning at 8.30 uh, p.m. Eastern time. Of course, check out the uh, NASCAR e-racing Facebook page. Uh, and also uh, NASCAR is, I think, as well. A lot of uh, a lot of platforms you'll be able to watch the the last race of the NASCAR Coca Cola iRacing Series. As always, Mr. Cavana, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. Good luck as we get set to uh, wrap up NASCAR here in just a matter of weeks. And enjoy you taking the time to join us, my friend. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Last year's event was so cool. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is there. The trophy is named after him. It looks like, you know, it's a, it's an old school uh, Winston Cup championship trophy. It's the Dale Earnhardt Jr. championship trophy. Last year it went to Casey Kerwin. He's not in the championship for us. So we will crown a new champion and they'll get $100,000 for their effort. It's a fun, fun event. Make sure you watch enascar.com slash live. See it, no problem. Hey guys, this is Jansen Marshbanks, Tour and 12 driver of the Cars Tour. And you are listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southeast. We wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we really appreciate our great guests for joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, including the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Texas Motor Speedway, Mark Faber, along with Ted Austed from the Atlanta Motor Speedway with the latest in racing news, and then also Alan Cavana. Want to listen to this episode again or listen to any of our previous episodes of Southern Race Week Radio? Just check out the Southern Race Week Radio podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Just go to the search, type in Southern Race Week. You will find us, so make sure you download, listen in, and subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And don't forget about our social media platforms on Facebook, Facebook and on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio or check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. In fact, we have, as we mentioned earlier in the broadcast, another ticket promotional contest that we are doing to give away tickets to the Bank of America Roval Race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. That'll be coming up on Sunday, October 8th. So if you want to win tickets, we've got a pair of tickets that we're going to be giving away to six different lucky listeners here on Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. All you got to do is head on over to our Facebook page, once again at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week, and look for the post that has the Roval Race logo on it, and make sure you like and share that post, and you will automatically be entered to win for a chance to win a pair of tickets to the Roval Race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. William Barber will be on Facebook Live on Monday, October 2nd at 12 p.m. Eastern to announce six winners that will win those pairs of tickets to the Roval Race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. So good luck, and who knows, maybe we'll see you there at Charlotte. So once again, appreciate you tuning in and listening in, and we'll catch back up with you next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network.